Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Thank you for their incredible heart for you and their love and dedication. Father, so many things they do um, behind the scenes, so many things they do to, to that are not in public to really love you and to build your kingdom and to be a solid base for many people. Father, so we just love what they do. We just appreciate them so much. We pray that you would speak through Byron today. Speak through Byron today to our hearts, to our minds, to our spirits. Help us understand what you're thinking and up to today for us to focus again with renewed passion for who you are. So, Father, bless him, bless us. We just pray your, your spirit on us. In your name, amen. 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 Good to be back. <laughs> it's, uh, as you know, we're, as a church, uh, every, we, we go books of the Bible. It's so important to know what God says. And we have a lot of information going around, but what's most important to know what he says and not, not have a skewed view of what he says, to know, to know what he says. Um, we, had a, we had a great time and uh, ministered to a lot of people. And, um, and it was, uh, you know, it's one thing about finding people that need salvation. But you know what? We also carry the presence of Jesus. You know, on, th- on this trip, almost every one I encountered already was a believer. Do you know what? Believers need to be encouraged, especially in this world environment we're living in. So part of us going out in the world is to bring the lost in, but don't neglect also to encourage those who know Jesus Uh, because there's a lot of discouragement out there. There's a lot of people struggling and and um, you know I just I'll just just you know this is a maybe a little very small, but for the person it was very big. I, while we were on the highway, stopped for gas. I went into to to well, you know God has everything planned. All of a sudden, the thing on the on the gas thing says, "Go inside for your receipt." <laughs> but you know, but 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 I said, I want it. But you never know that God's behind these things. So I walked in there. There's this young man in front of me, and uh, he's buying uh, two pizzas, you know. And and he did his transaction. And the whole time I'm right behind him, I'm hearing he needs to be encouraged as a father. He needs to be encouraged as a father. So I don't know. He darted out of there. I said, I'm here to get my receipt for a pump so-and-so. He hands me a receipt. I went out there. Sure enough, he was right in front of the, the little store there by the gas station, and he, and he had just gotten in his car, so I knocked on his window. He looked at me, opened the door. What's going on? I said, you know what, sir? The Holy Spirit, as I was standing behind you, just wants to encourage you that you're a good father. He melted and said, man, I so need to hear that today. I so need to hear that today, that the Lord is with me. 
So you know what? It's, uh, it's, it may be saving the lost, getting them out of darkness into the light. It may be encouraging somebody on the way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your written word. Ephesians 5. Often part of this is done in weddings. You know, the, the, the end of this chapter. But the beginning of this chapter, uh, there's, there's something, you know what? You read scripture over and over and over again, and sometimes it's fresh revelation. And there, oh, there's something I didn't see before. And one of the things as I was going through this, it's something I, I've been, has been working through my heart, but then it stood out in chapter 5. It's found in verse, chap, chapter 5, verse 5, it says, but rather thanksgiving. And in verse 20, it says, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything. Thankfulness is in those scriptures. And they and they seem to be hidden, but they're there because being thankful in everything opens up heaven to all of us. And never forget it. And then, then go. And now, now let's get into what it says in verse one and two. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, think about that. Your love. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, do you know you're loved. To what degree do you know you're loved? And walk in the ways of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I'm standing before you and you're here by God's grace and his great love for you and me. Before we get into some things that God wrote down here to caution us, I have to reflect on, I've been in memory lane because we were at a funeral and it's been memory lane for me, but even before I went to the funeral, God showed me something that we need to hear. And, uh, and just before we left for Arizona, uh, one of the members of our church asked somebody to call to get a reference for her. So that connection was made. Nancy was talking to this woman as a reference for one of the ladies in church. And, and Nancy said, well, you know, she had been with her a long time and da-da-da and, and, and spoke the truth about who she is and the person she is. Then there was a pause. And Nancy heard this. You need to hear this. You need to hear this. My husband, my husband 
years ago walked into your house on a Wednesday night and only came once. But when he entered your house, he experienced so much of the love of God that's a marker in his life when his life took a different turn. One time coming in the presence of Almighty God and his love and his grace and his forgiveness changed his life. Why do we need to hear that? It's part of the message today. Then, uh, last weekend, we spent some time with somebody else from the old Wednesday nights. And talking to him, he said, Byron, you have no idea, no idea. I was in such a dark place. I was in such a dark place. And believe it or not, that darkness was actually what was projected in the church I attended. Because every day, every time I'd go to church, and I was active in this church and active in this church, and I had shame on my life. But being in that environment, shame was increased instead of a journey out of shame. And then somebody said, but you ever hear of the Barclays Group in Libertyville? Did you ever hear of them? And he said, in this place where I was ready to walk away from God, I was so frustrated with my walk, and all, I was, all that was poured onto me where I was attending church was guilt and condemnation. And I was full of shame, and every time it just increased shame, and I didn't know where to turn. And somebody said, hey, there's this place. It's not church. It's in a house. Uh, you ought to go try that out. And as we were talking last weekend, he said, I was freed from shame, guilt, and condemnation coming into your house. I experienced a new freedom, a new life, that I never, ever dreamed I could have in my walk with Jesus. Now, I just drove, I just drove many miles, 1,700 miles, and seventy. And we took the shortcut, and then we took the longer way. And uh, uh, the shortcut was all right, but it was two-lane highway, and, and we, I, actually our GPS took us a shortcut. And then on the way back, we decided that, I was tired and everything else, and they stand the expressway, so we drove up to Flagstaff and then hit 40 going. But the other way cut off a lot. So Chuck and I were talking about shortcuts because they had just come back from Phoenix. So uh, where was I? Uh, so um, uh, I was doing a lot of driving. I was doing a lot of driving. And then, while driving, uh, I had an experience that I, I really hadn't read Chapter 5 yet, 
and to know what's all in there. But now I know why this happened to me. Why does, and, and what is the culture in this church? What is the culture in this church? What was the culture on Wednesday nights that one guy would come one night and be changed? What's in the culture of this church when you're getting uh, bombarded in what should be church and getting and coming to this place of new freedom? What's that culture about? What's that culture about? Well, I was driving, and maybe some of you can relate to this. I'm in a 55-mile speed limit, and I'm driving 65. And I'm feeling good driving 65. And all of a sudden, these cars going 75, 80 miles an hour, shoo, shoo, shoo. And I say, where are the police? Where are they to get these guys? Man alive, look at them. They're, wow, they're violating. It's 55. They must be doing 80 miles an hour. And then a small, still voice said, but you're going 65. I don't know if you caught that. But what happens is we may be either justifying ourselves or going along, and yet we'll point the finger at somebody that we say, wow, they need to get it right when we're traveling in the wrong ourselves. You follow that? You follow that? And I said, that was a, and I sat there, I said, Lord, thank you, because that's the culture of a spirit-filled, God-present church, that we have a heart to help people out of shame, out of guilt, out of condemnation, and not pouring the fire on it. You follow that? Because a, a lot of us uh, are going 65 and that this is no place to point the finger at people going 80. Follow that? So it's, uh, in fact, I, I was asking the Holy Spirit when. I was asking the Holy Spirit when. And I've asked Sandy to come up here and you can use the mic here. Uh, but before we before we go on in in instruction and and there's some heavy duty stuff in Ephesians chapter five that we're gonna hear and and but we we need to know how much we're loved we need to know how much we're forgiven we need to know how much how intimate God wants to get with us. We, we need to know the fullness of his grace and unmerited favor over our life because this church is never going to be a church where we're going to point fingers and add to people's shame and add to people's condemnation and add to people's just uh, struggling in their faith and their walk with Jesus. We're going to be a place to lift up and encourage. But before I asked, Sandy had a prophetic time this morning at 8.30. It was all about God's love and experience his love. But before she talks, I want all of us to 
take a few minutes of being quiet, and I'll tap you when time's up, to be quiet and start thanking God about everything in your past that has been wrong, is cleaned, washed away by the blood of Jesus. Every day you wake up, you're a new person. You're a new person. You've been set free from your past and brought into the marvelous light of who Jesus is. So we're going to take a moment now. Just you go open up God and tell him and thank him because that's in these scriptures about your, the love and forgiveness he offered you that you received when you got born again. Quietly thank him. This morning, the Lord kept, I kept hearing the words, um, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the season that we're in right now, um, there is heaviness. But God is so much greater. And so put on that garment of praise. So the Lord, I just... He wants us to just lift him up and exalt him above all your circumstances. But I felt in my heart to share, too, how much our God loves us here, how he loves his body, that he left his throne. What God leaves his throne and comes down to where his creation is, lays down his life, in such a way, because that was just pure love. What God but our God? What God leaves his throne? He didn't have to do that, but that's how much he loves us. And no matter what sin, sin is, it's that great equalizer. We're, none of us are without sin. I've, I've said there's no good in me but the Lord. And that is the truth. There is no good in me but the Lord. And um, so right now, let's just praise him and exalt him again in your hearts. Father, we just praise you because you are worthy to be praised. You are the only one, the precious lamb of God. You love us so much, Lord. You love us more than we can comprehend. And Lord, I pray today, the Lord, that only our love would mimic your love to others, Lord, that you put in our path, that we remember where you brought us from, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for this, this church body. 
your children here, Lord. I pray that they know your love, Lord, because perfect love casts out all fear. And Lord, only you can do that. So Lord, pour your love out upon us even more that we would know you, that we could be an extension of your heart to those you bring in our path in this body, that we would love those, that they could come, Lord, no matter how wretched we are, Lord, for I am wretched without you, Lord, for what you did for me, Lord, that we would be, Lord, an extension of your heart for those that you bring in our paths, Lord, that we would love them how you love us, Lord and that you would be glorified, and that many would come to find you and know you, Lord. And we just thank you again, Lord, for all that you have done. And we just glorify your name, Lord, in this place today, Lord, in all the days ahead, Lord, what you have for us here, Lord, at TGP, and in our personal lives, who you take us, Lord, in the paths of those when we leave here. We thank you, Lord, for all that. And we glorify you and give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Sandy. All right. now, now, with that in mind, we're going to go into, with how much we're loved, how much we're forgiven, what the hope that we have in Christ, that, that all things become new. We, 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 we have this opportunity to start every day fresh. Every day new. And, and, and now in 3 to 7, in verses 3 to 7, you know what? It's, uh, we live in a perverse generation. And, and it's also infiltrated the church. And, and but in, when we look at these scriptures, uh, we need to be a church that won't be pointing fingers but by God's grace, get people freed and set free. Amen? Amen? So, so and, and, and the, a lot of stuff is prevalent in the world, but it's also in the church. It's in the church. So what does it say? But among you, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality. You know, and, and these are strong words, but they're good words. They're there to protect us and help us and, and that we might flourish as believers. Or any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather, here we go, a little thing pops up in there for the road to freedom, but rather thanksgiving. 
let's like stop here now a moment. Here, we just spent some time saying, God, thank you for your love and forgiveness. Thank you for your kindness and mercy. Thank you when I failed, you were there to love and forgive me. See, see I, just, I just said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we, um, I shared earlier this morning, I, I went to this funeral yesterday at the old church, and, and I shared it this morning. I feel it's right to share it right now because it has everything to do with this. I was involved, I was involved with Awana clubs, with high school, Sunday school, with, uh, with young adults during the week, and, and working a full-time job. And it was, it was the busiest time in my whole life. And thank God, through all that busyness, God brought me an amazing woman to walk into my life. Well, uh, one of those remembrance was in, with a very young people. I was in a WANA club. I was the leader of a WANA clubs at this church. And uh, I had other men working with me and everything else. But we had this one young boy that was really troublesome. And he was, he, was, he was not fitting in with the program. He was rebellious and everything else. Well, he, Holy Spirit, he caught, he caught my attention. What I did share this morning was, uh, uh, as I was dealing with this young man, young boy, you know, seven years older or eight years old, uh, the mother... And I found out later, part of what his issue was, was that uh, his, his mom and dad just went through a divorce. And that re really had him in a course of just rejecting God. And he was made to come to Awanas. You come there. So finally what happened was the mother, the mother called me up and said, you know, I know, I know your, your John is in there, but uh, could you come to my house? We'd like to have, have dinner with you. All right, so I went there, and I went to the house for dinner. So it was a great dinner. All her four kids were on the table, so she finds she's at the head of the table, and she says, okay, Byron, put my kids straight. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I, you know, I was lost for words. But, I, but she, had other, she had daughters and one son, John. So I, God showed me uh, that he wanted me to not view John as an irritant and a problem child and not to, not to join in in calling him, you're just trouble here. But God called me to spend times with John uh, to declare to him the God that loves him, the God that's with him, even though through this great disappointment of his parents getting divorced. And, that, and, and we would have these conversations. And, and little seven-year-old John, he, he would fight me on it. He would fight back. And I said, John, no. Well, as time rolled on, uh, his mother called me years later and said, thank you, Byron, for seeing John's potential. 
because I want to let you know that John now is a pastor of a church. So this is everything about even though we're going 65 and we're looking and trying to judge people are going 80 that we have a call in our life to those who are strong lift up those who are weak but guard yourself guard yourself so here it is out of all these verses boom pops up but rather thanksgiving. Here we are talking about immorality, greed, uh, coarse jokes, foolish talk, obscenities. And he says, but rather thanksgiving. But rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, greedy person such a person is an idolater and ha has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. And, and what, what, it mean, what it means is, we stand for righteousness. We stand for truth. And if we don't, we, he says, we're not to partner with that. But we're to be light to that. And, and, and as, I, as, I talk, as I talked to uh, this week, last weekend with this, somebody, uh, somebody from Wednesday night, uh, the church he was telling to, and they're well-meaning. They're well-meaning, but they've got the wrong approach. They got the wrong approach. We're to, we're to seek those who are struggling and having all kinds of issues in their life and being that, that light to them, that promise to them, that hope to them. And, and not, not, not watering down their actions and what they're doing, but share with them the journey out. Help them on their journey out. Not adding to their shame and not adding to their condemnation and frustration with life. This is a place to grow and be lifted up. Amen? Amen? And, I, and, God, and you know what? You guys do that well. All of you, you do it well. I, 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 I am amazed as a pastor of this church to hear of your compassion to people that are not doing so well. Not doing so well. And so these verses here, should be an encouragement to all of us, but as we took that time to remember that we all fall short. 
and that to connect in a very strong way God's love and forgiveness over our individual lives. Then it goes on, for you were once darkness, but now you are in the light in the Lord. Live as children in the light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. You know, it, 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 and that's part of our journey. Uh, find out what, what, what energizes you from him. Like June, she gets energized when she's in Costco and meeting people. Find out what that is and find out what those things are because all of you are gifted. I don't hear about lack in the kingdom. I never hear about lack in the kingdom. I hear about a God that empowers, uh, builds up, gives gifts, and strengthens all of us. So you, uh, if you don't know what your gifting is, a clue might be what energizes you, what, what stirs you up in a very positive way. You might be on your journey to find that. And if, you, if you're still clueless, ask him. Ask him, what's my place in the kingdom of God? What's my place? And he says, so find out what pleases the Lord and start doing it. And start doing it. Have nothing to do with the fruitless, fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everyone exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything will, that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. Then it goes on to some instructions. Be very careful, then, how you live. That's, that's a good word. That's a good word to start the day off. That I'm going to go through this day and I want to take care and be very careful how I live. You know, it's, uh, it's so many benefits are, are from just acknowledging him in all your ways. You know, th this, I, came, I came back and when I'm away from work for uh, a couple of weeks, Things happen. I mean, I still try to keep connected. And I, I went, and we have this one machine, this one machine, and we only have one of them. And there are certain jobs that run in that machine and that machine only. It can't run anywhere else unless we send it out to some other company, and it would cost huge. So I get back in, and I had a meeting with the principals and some of the managers out there. And they said, oh, by the way, uh, that machine's been down for two weeks and we're ready to shut down our customers. Uh, oh, that's nice to come home to. And I said, well, the guy was out and he's, he tried to investigate and he called the company and there must be some, must be some uh, relays that are not working, but we, no way of finding out what those relays are. 
So, you know, that was Monday. I mean, uh, Tuesday, because we had Monday off. Tuesday. Then Wednesday, I didn't go to work because I had a wellness check with the physician. All the, there, there's some signs of it. You know, they, they, they bust into your veins. And, but then I, I and, uh, and the doctor's saying, man, you're good. Man, everything checks out. Two doctors. In the morning, I saw my cardiologist. And saw, in the afternoon, I saw my regular internist. And thank God, all the tests turned out all right. So, so then I go to work Thursday, and I'm driving to work knowing that this machine is down and we're ready to have disaster is around the corner. So I said, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you're the God that's going to lead us into the fix of this machine. And, 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 and it, it, it's part of being this whole idea of, of just being careful how you live and be careful to know who you are. And so I get to work, and now, now, now I, I, I don't bend like I used to be, but this is a big machine, and I'm bending over and looking over and checking these things out and 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 I, I'm I'm not a master electrician or anything but I'm trying to figure out what's going on and I, I told them to turn it on they have a screen that puts codes out there and all that and uh, and one of my employees just saved the daylight on me because it was a big iron thing and I was coming up ready to hit my head right on this bit and he watch out iron I said wow thank you I was ready to get myself knocked out so I called the manufacturer. I called the manufacturer and I said, "Well, it's all. It's saying this. It's saying that." He says, "That's all garbage." What does it say on that particular machine? I said, "Well, it says this." He said, "Okay. Well, in underneath in the panel, you're going to see a hydraulic valve, and you're going to see a little." Uh, and I was having a hard time to figure out what he's saying. Just get an Allen wrench and push on it because. Uh, because uh, that 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 valve in there is probably stuck, the piston. And so I went to my maintenance guy and I said, "Well, it's somewhere around here. I have no idea. I'm going to try to go in the office. I'm going to try to call and get uh, FaceTime with him so this guy can tell me. Words couldn't describe to me how to fix this. So." So while I'm trying to get the guy on the phone, Manuel, he comes running up, Byron, Byron, I found it, I found it, and it's working. Two weeks down, going before God and saying, you know, he's, guys, he's interested in every detail of your life. Every detail of our life. Even, even how to put that board that won't go in <laughs> But every detail, he, he wants to be involved. He wants to be involved. So this machine that was down for two weeks was running. And, um, and so I took my other guy who's a Christian. He's been here, Rene. I grabbed Rene. I said, come over here. You know, Rene, 
I prayed, Renee. And I never, I never, when I prayed, I thought about we're going to get a hold of the right maintenance guy, the bright electrician, and we're going to figure this out. When I prayed, I never realized that God was actually going to use me to find the answer that has no knowledge of hydraulics. You may think you're inadequate for a situation, but with Jesus, you're more than adequate. You may think you're not talented in a certain situation, but with Jesus, you're talented. So it goes on to say, it says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Back to this again. Because the days are evil. We looked at those verses and saw about this list of greed, coarse speech, jokes, immorality, everything else. We are surrounded with it. You know, and even turn on your TV, it's almost unescapable that you're flicking through the channels that stuff will pop up. I, you know what? I, I, I went to, uh, my wife and I said, I got to see that movie Elvis. And uh, it, was, it was, you know, here's a guy with all kinds of success and, and yet he was in a very dark place. And it really, it really showed that. But you know what? The first preview of a movie coming out, and Nancy and I remarked, it was a really long preview. It was all about the LBG, and they had a whole bunch of stuff to it because they, they wanted to get it all covered. And, and people were laughing. People were saying, oh, man, I've got to see this and all that. But you know what? It was an affront to God and who he is. I'm sitting here. Man, we're being barbarded by a culture that is anti-God, that is anti-morality, that is filled with greed, filled with, with, with coarseness and 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 evil jokes and, and, and but you and I were, were it's there may you and I be like Lot and his family the only ones down to the only family in a town filled with evil. And yet, God is the God that knows how to deliver them. And he knows how to deliver us. Yes, because the days are evil. Let's not hide our heads in the sand and not realize the world that we live in. But also realize we have the answers. And therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's
the Lord's will is. Tell you, part of this scripture is here. His will for you and I is to be light. To be light into a dark and perverse generation. Then it goes on to another encouragement, and it's very interesting. Do not get drunk with wine. You ever been drunk? It says, don't do it. Hey, no better. Don't drink to the point of la-la land. It's, it's, and, but, but that leads to debauchery. In other words, when you drink to the extent, you, you become foolish. You know, I, sometimes I always wondered, I wonder about how many abortions that the root behind that abortion was getting drunk. And then in that drunkenness, doing some things you shouldn't have been doing, which created a beautiful human being. And then I had this discussion. You know what? I actually looked it up. Looked it up. The number one, you know the number one reason for for abortion is convenience. All about me. And 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 the percentage of of a medical thing was so low. And some of the issues for abortion that that were medically approved were less than one percent. The extreme and 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 I was saying to myself, here, here a well-meaning person drinks too much, loses their sense of self-control, creates a baby, and for convenience, kills it. Could be, huh? Could be. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know what? There, there is so. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is nothing to overlook. You know, and it says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't, don't ever, as a Christian, don't ever drink too much to, to where, where, you know, I, I, where you're, you're kind of lost it. But, but it says, but it says, but be filled with the Spirit. And, and it's, and, and it really, uh, Getting drunk leads you, you get into this la-la land. But being filled with the Spirit brings you to a place that is beyond words. You know, we, we, like June was talking about Friday in her house, dancing and everything else. That's that, that kind of product so is so outweighs getting drunk. In fact, if, if you really feel you experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Almighty God in your life, 
you'll never want to get drunk with wine. What am I saying? What I'm saying is through all this whole thing is, is uh, being careful with your connection with Jesus is the road out of addictions. Cal mentioned that this morning. And, and, and things that we might do that we say, I wish I didn't do it. The way in there, the way, the journey out of it is coming to that place of being so thankful to God Almighty that you're loved, you're forgiven, and you have hope and you have a future. And God is with you through every challenge of life. Every challenge of life. Then, time's running out here. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving, ha-ha, it pops up again. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, in everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For everything, guys. For everything. For, for your failures, for your successes, and everything in between. For everything. Because having this heart, having this heart of loving Him and thanking him, and, and just enjoying his presence, and everything else is, is the road out of addiction, troubles, and bad behavior. It's the, the road, the, what, really what, what gets us off track is pointing the fingers. Here, this, this young man was saying he could not get out of his addictions because all he was hearing from church was increasing his shame, increasing his, his condemnation. There was no one there until he came the Wednesday night at our house that he ran head on into God's love for him, which led him out of his darkness into light. Since we have such phenomenal relationships here, but it says, you know what, before it gets into, I like this, uh, it says, submit one another in reverence to Christ. See how much it is for women? Look at us men have. <laughs> you know what? It's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it, you know, Nancy used to tell me, it says, wives, submit therefore to your husband as you do to the Lord, for their husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body in which he is the Savior now. 
as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to your husbands and everything. And you know what? And Nancy and I often talk about that to each other. Uh, she says, she tells me, she says, Byron, I have no problem submitting to you. And, and what, what re really is the connection is, guys, is the master love. Amen. You're not going to have the conflict when you master love. Even, even, even little John, that was an irritant in a church in the Awana program, when he came in, into somebody that wouldn't fight him, wouldn't tell him, get, get straight. You quit doing what you're doing. But grabbed him off to the side and said, let me tell you about a God that loves you, John. He would say, God can't love me. And I said, oh, yeah. And we, and we had session after session after session. Now this seven-year-old today is a pastor. So it says, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word. Be present and to present, present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed it and care for it, for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of this body, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united with his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. You know what? Submission is easy to love, to one that loves. Think about it. Think about it. What's a key point that brought me to know Jesus Christ. Here I was living a riotous life, living an immoral life, thinking nothing, thinking nothing of having sex before marriage. And then I got face to face with a God that loves me, understood me, and said, I accept you with all your issues. Oh, I was angry. Oh, bursts of anger. Break windows. Kick, kick doors in. I was, I was like out of control. And then I, I got exposed to somebody with all my messy stuff that said, Byron, I love you. Come to me. When I, when I came to realize that, you know, it wasn't hard to get born again. It wasn't hard to submit to Jesus Christ. Earlier on, we read, submit to one another. 
So this is not just a wife thing to do. This is a church thing to do. It's a church thing to do. As we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ to love one another and to submit to each other. And you know what? I want to say I'm very proud of all of you because I, 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 I value and I encourage to be a part of a church that the members of this body are doing a good job of submitting to one another. And I want to encourage you to just find more ways and greater ways to submit to one another and, and grace each other's lives and encourage one another in the faith. And, and, if, if, and if we'd have this place where, where in here that would be the same as Wednesday nights years ago where a guy just came once and his life was changed. When he came to a place, he, he, when he, one of the things his wife said, he walked in our house and was headlong into a freedom he never, ever think was available to him. And then the other person that spent a long time with us that said, I was in a dark place. When I walked into that atmosphere, God began to change my life. You know what? I'm proud of all of you. I'm proud of every person in this church because I see the love of one another actually being played out before my eyes. I see, I see it actively, actively working here. And, I, and I, I see a church that when some of us are stumbling and having difficulties, that there's, they surround them with encouragement and lift them up and say, like, like that the, if, if God loves you, then I got, I've got to, and I need to love you too, Right? So, in ending here, it's the final verses of chapter 5. This is a profound mystery. Calls it a mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. A profound mystery is found in the husband and wife relationship but it's active in the body of Christ. Active. It's a mystery that this husband and wife relationship is a church or body of Christ mandate. And again, I'm proud of all of you. I love being a pastor of this church. I love seeing men and women that will encourage one another to greater heights 
And I'm going to close with, has to do with that, I'm going to close this with, uh, while we were at one the hotel where my son was, it's a, it's a crazy place. They, they, uh, my son was doing, um, uh, working the first week from his company. That's a, it's a media company. And, uh, and, um, um, uh, a, a paint company, Rustoleum was doing a big thing, had all their employees from all over the world gathered there. And, and, and it was Andrew's job to document it and, uh, and go out on the golf courses and go different places and just, and then put together a presentation that they can use corporate-wide to encourage their employees. So we went over there because it was uh, uh, much bigger. I mean, this $500 a night for a room at this hotel called the Princess. And uh, corporations just know how to just spend the money like, like nothing. And they even gave my son the $500 room to stay the whole week while he was working with, for his company. So we went there for one day. And, and we sat by the pool. And, and uh, here, you know how they have the, the young girls, they come to get you food or drinks or everything else? I don't know, what, what do they call them? Some whatever. They serve, yeah. So she was coming back and forth, and I was kind of joking with her and talking, not core strokes, and talking to her. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, and I love the gift of prophecy that this church and God's continued to develop it. But there's, as we go through this summer, there's gonna, God's going to bless us with other gifts that are going to be actively here. So, so uh, um, uh, she had an unusual name, Briley, with a B, Briley. So, so uh, it was sometimes she hadn't made the rounds, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says. Gave me a prophetic word for her. So next time she came, I said, Briley, you got a minute? Sure, sure. How can I help you? Drives my wife crazy. They say, for your pleasure. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, it's like, it's, you know, but anyhow. So, so, so she comes, I said, Briley, as just a moment ago, God was talking to me. She said, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I said, that's so cool. And maybe this makes sense for you. I saw you halfway up a mountain. And, and you, knew, you actually knew that God was walking with you on this climb halfway up the mountain but you're only halfway there. And God is saying to you, because I believe you're a young lady of conviction and desire for greater things. And God wants you to know that he's going to take you from halfway up the mountain and he's going to take you on a journey all the way to the top of the mountain but the thing is, on that journey, he's going to be with you, definitely going to be with you. Dream big, pray big, think big. 
And for some reason, I think that's for all of us too. As you go through your life and your home, dream the impossible. Think the impossible. Pray the impossible. Pray big. Pray out of your comfort zone. Pray to a God that can do exceedingly above anything you could ever dream or imagine. Don't stay halfway. Amen. And God bless all of you. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.